Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts with John Stephenson. John understands the importance of being prepared. Through rain, rocks, and snow, he has seen it all and survived. He has seen major disasters like Mount St. Helens and how vehicles were stopped in the street from the volcanic ash. Earthquakes, too, including the Loma Prieta earthquake, which felt like it wouldn't stop shaking. People were without electricity and could not hardly buy groceries or gasoline. The homeless lit bonfires in the streets. The Bay Bridge and other freeways were broken. God only knows what will be next. Welcome to Preparedness Thoughts by John Stephenson. We invite Jesus Christ with and through the Holy Spirit as we prepare to preserve the lives of ourselves, our family, and others. Most of us in life have said something like, Oh, that was good luck. But let me ask you, what is luck? Is luck a random event, which is difficult to predict? Yeah, that's not a bad um, definition. Sometimes you have a wonderful outcome, and sometimes you will have a tragic outcome. Well, I think that fits the definition of luck. And there are some people who would say, good luck is when preparedness meets opportunity. Mm, Okay, true or not, there is some sensibility to that concept. Uh, But what life is really based in is uh, spiritual, mental, and physical preparedness. And as we go through life, what do we do? We examine things, and we try to examine what our concerns are in life, And then we try to figure out how to ease those concerns in life. Things that can be expected or even expected surprises. How do we prepare for them? And and that's a normal part of life. There are so many of these different things to look at. And responsibility is a key part in how we examine these concerns. Responsibilities to examine can take up a lot of time, attention, and energy, and we all do it differently. Sometimes we have a chance to think about the things, and sometimes we don't. But that's all a part of the process. Today I want to remind you to remember of the very basic important things. They're what you consider to be important, and really, you get to figure that out. It's about what your concerns are and how to alleviate those concerns. They might be with you or a family member or other people. Now, because we all have different concerns and different ways of solving problems, we all have a chance to think about our our basic concerns and how to fix them. And that is good for a community, a number of people. Because when more people try to figure out how to solve problems, you get a variety of answers with a variety of preparations. Now, there are some of the most basic needs, and that is water and food. I think of water and I think of a water filter. Food, there are so many different answers to. You can have really nice food or really basic food, and you can have storage food, all different thoughts, and you get to make the choices because that's how it goes, individual choices. But have a look at your concerns and then take a look at how you can alleviate those concerns. But like I said, water filter, that's a very basic thing. Some people will store water instead. The point is, your water is so very important, probably your most important need. Think about the things that are most important to you and then make a plan. And then you take steps to complete your plan. And yes, start today. Start your preparations today before we have an urgent need and what you want is hard to find. This is episode 51. Your letters with questions or donations are important. John Stephenson, P.O. Box 7222, Chico, California, 95927. 
Email prepareforgod at usa.com or call 628-7222. Thank you for listening to Preparedness Thoughts on KKXX. I save your God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. Settle up your Welcome to Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter. This is the program that proclaims liberty to the captives of our beloved nation, where truth trumps political correctness, where the uncompromised word of God exposes the works of darkness and sets free those held hostage behind the iron curtain of a shamelessly biased media. For God has called us to stand for truth, and having done all to stand, we will stand. It's time to fight the good fight of faith to preserve our country, our families, fortunes, and sacred honor to protect our property, our schools, and yes, maybe even salvage some of our churches. America, we have a trail to blaze. It's time to saddle up. It's time to ride. Now, here is your host of Red Sky Radio, Rob Walter. Well, hello, America, and welcome to the world, to Red Sky Radio and the Red Sky Radio Ranch, where we ride hard for the brand of Jesus Christ. God bless you. Big, big week in the United States. We're going to share some things, but like last week, we're going to go to school uh, at the end of this program, the last portion. If we can get to it, we have a lesson today, which you will not want to miss. It deals with guns, and it is difficult to ignore the story of the week, which is also our good news piece about the Alabama abortion law, which for all intents and purposes bans abortion at about six weeks, in, and no rape or incest exception, 99-year penalty for doctors who execute innocent unborn children in the womb. We're going to cover it all as a great piece of news. But first of all, I want to let you know that you can reach me uh, at info at redskyradio.net, info at redskyradio.net. Uh, with your comments, questions, uh, there's an address on there. If you'd like to make a contribution, that would be great. I would say we are listener-supported, but that's not quite true. Uh, it's listener and host-supported. I thank the people who are regular givers. Uh, there's uh, there's Ellen in, in California, and there's Robert, and uh, two Roberts, actually, a couple Roberts in Las Vegas, and there's Marilyn in Salinas, California, and we have some people who have been faithful, regular givers. For, forgive me if I left you out. Greg in Las Vegas. We have people who have been faithful givers, and it is so appreciated. Does it cover the expenses of production? No, it doesn't, but I am thankful for that. What I do is I'm con- I continue to work. I don't plan to retire some guys golf, I do radio. I use the excess funds from any earnings to supplement the radio program. I do not expect it to necessarily cover the costs of dissemination, and that's the only expense we have. I take no salary, no nothing. I buy my own stamps, what have you. Gr- glad, thrilled to do it. It's a ministry to me. I wouldn't have it other any other way, other than the fact that to the extent that financial support helps expand the program, that's great. That's all we have ever wanted is an ex- is program expansion. Um, th- okay, enough of the advertisement. I don't do that very often. I've never actually thanked in my, gosh, it's been a long time since I thanked the contributors who do faithfully give, and uh, I appreciate it. I don't send out a letter with every contribution. I am a one-armed paper hanger here. I It's all my deal. I've got no secretary but I also have a full-time job and some other things that I uh, am involved in that uh, take up a lot of time. So with that, let's get going here. Um, we are going to cover this topic of abortion, though the response to it, and then we're going to go to school sometime during the second half of this program, and everybody is going to want to hear what I have to say about the issue of guns. Because 
the United States, I realize you may not think this has much application for all of the listeners we have over in India and gosh, Nepal and Pakistan and Thailand and, uh, and, and now some in Ireland and Germany and Canada. We have listeners all over the world. I'm thankful for it. Sometimes I don't know why others would be interested in this program because I am primarily focused on issues of the United States. However, and this is a huge however, the issues that are here are going someplace after they have left here, maybe to a country near you. Or the issues that your country is having are coming here. The problem everywhere is and always has been there's a bad guy out there called the devil. He's into sin. He hates righteousness. He, Satan is the ultimate Christophobe. Satan is the ultimate Bibliophobe. He's the Elohim phobe and the El Shaddai phobe. He hates God. He hates Jesus. He hates the word of God because that's what Jesus used to defeat him in the wilderness, which is, I might add, the same tool we have to defeat him. So don't think you're defenseless. Jesus would not have used a tool that we would not have access to. How good is that? Hey, well, I did it, I did it because I'm, I'm the son of God, and uh, you guys, you're on your own. No, he defeated the enemy with the word of God, same thing that we use, and thank God for the word. So know your Bible, read it lots of times from Genesis to Revelation. When you get done with Revelation and you're looking for a good book to read, start back over in Genesis. Make sure it's a good, uh, a good translation. That's not junk like the New Living Translation and these ones. I, I you know, I'm, I'm digressing, but I got to share this. I was getting ready yesterday to make a contribution to a ministry that touches my heart. I won't name it. We give to a lot of different ministries. Um. And this one was something new, but it touched my heart. And I was thrilled that this organization wanted to produce a full Bible for youth. And the youth, uh, and it's a particular area of, of, of youth. I don't even want to get into it because I don't want to identify the organization. And anyway, I was thrilled that they weren't going to just distribute the New Testament Psalm and, Psalms and Proverbs. Um, I know that's a common thing to do. I don't give to that kind of Bible production. I want the whole, the whole enchilada, the whole thing. Don't cut people short. Don't send a message that somehow the Old Testament is old or that it's irrelevant. Hey, when I became a Christian, I started in Genesis 1-1, Elizabethan English and all. I made it through it. And you can too. But this organization is going to have them produced in the New Living Translation. I went and looked it up. I could not believe all of the verses that the New Living Translation has simply eliminated. And what's more, in an attempt to be accepted and well-received, I guess, and politically correct and all that crapola, they have taken every reference to the word homosexual and sodomite and apparently changed it to... Uh, temple prostitutes and they're just it's not a translation it's just a do-over it's a makeover it's a it's a rewrite of scripture and sadly i had to tell the president no i'm not going to give a dime i like your organization i cannot support that bible distribution uh no no do do something else i'll be there to help okay let's get going sorry about all that but must be there's some people out there thinking about buying a New Living Translation or who have one. And if you have one and you want to know what I would recommend, you can write info at red, redskyradio.net. I will pass that back to you because you don't want to spend time on a useless Bible. Okay, back to our good news. Obviously, the Alabama abortion bill, which I covered it just very briefly, what it does, outlaws abortion with the exception of when it's truly, truly necessary for the life of the mother. And that is a rare, rare situation. No uh, exception for rape and incest, and there should not be. They make a big deal out of rape and incest when it actually accounts to le for less than, less than one-half of 1% 1 of all unborn children ex child executions in the United States. That's, the pregnancies are less than half of 1%. They say, well, that's really still something. Okay, let's deal with it right now. 
if the issue is that the child in the womb is innocent, unborn human life that is precious, and it's precious in God's sight, and we know that. I've got what I think I'm up to 22 verses that show that God is so unbelievably pro-life. You could I don't see how you could be a Christian and be pro-abortion or women's right to choose. Right to choose what? To kill an innocent, unborn human life? Apparently, that's what they're talking about. If you, if you, Maybe if you're Christian, you just got saved. But don't tell me you're a Christian for 10 or 20 years and you belong or you believe in a woman's right to execute innocent, unborn children. You've revealed the fact that either you aren't saved or you have this ridiculously, ridiculously incompetent comprehension of Scripture, as in none. I don't want to hear it. Don't even, don't even send me the emails. I will not finish it. If you're going to tell me that you've been a Christian for 20 years and what's why you think the Bible supports the right to kill innocent unborn children, all you do is you're revealing gross ignorance to me. I have no time for that. I want to read something that's meaningful. But the child, the the the, the result of a, uh, let's take that less than one half of one percent, the rape or the incest. What has the child done who's the product of a rape or incest? that somehow now means that child should be killed when the child is protect would be protected if you had a rape and incest exception. The child would not be protected if they're the, the result of a, of a husband and wife or some guy and gal who got drunk and she got, she got pregnant on that Friday night. Why, why is there an exception for rape and incest? If the child is not wanted... The child is not wanted for any whatever reason by the woman, but it doesn't really matter why she doesn't want the child. I don't have the income. I don't have blah, 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 what it is. Well, maybe the child wants himself or herself. Are they going to that? I mean, so well, it's an unwanted child. Well, let's ask the child if he wants himself or herself when they get old enough. And some states are so stupid, like California, where, they, where there, are, there are children who actually, a few, who don't like their life and have sued their parents because their parents didn't abort them, called wrongful birth. Can you believe that? Yes, I can. That's where, it, where things are. But we have a war that's brewing. I will tell you where the United States is. The Civil War, the American Civil War, started in 1860. But it started brewing really probably from the mid-40s, and it heated up certainly with the Dred Scott decision in the 1850s. We are in a 10-year lead-up, more or less, to a civil war of varying kinds. I mean, it could be regional and so forth, but I'm going to say something that's going to shock a lot of people, but I say a lot of things that shock people. I don't say it to shock you, just that I really am not concerned about what people think if I'm confident in what I'm saying. I don't want a civil war. I really, truly don't. I am Number two, I am preparing for a civil war I don't want. Take firearm lessons. Have a little bit of food. I'm not talking about major prepping and having 12 months of food storage and something of that sort because that does, that does that's not practical. And I'm not trying to take myself to a position where I think I could no longer rely on God for anything. But I'm also not going to tempt him. I'm going to do my part and prepare. But a civil war is, I do not want. Number two, a civil war is definitely coming. There we are. Number three. If we are going to have a civil war, now keep this in perspective. I'm saying if, if we are definitely going to have a civil war, we need to have the civil war sooner rather than later. And why do I say that? Because the sooner it is, the better prepared the good people are in the United States with the ability to defend themselves and their loved ones. I don't want a civil war 20 years from now when the guns have been stripped and the ammo has been confiscated and you got you got leftist weenies and losers like uh, uh, Cory Booker and Kamala Harris and Ocasio-Cortez and the Hillary. Go right on down the line. The leftist list of losers are in dominant control. The socialists are in control 
I don't want a civil war when I'm we're like the guy in Tiananmen Square with a stick standing in front of a tank. No. You need it when there's an opportunity for righteousness and good to prevail. Do I I got to repeat, do I want it? No. If it's inevitable, it's better sooner than later. And people will relocate in this country. There's no question about it. I've always said, I still say, that the ultimate issue for civil war in the United States will be a feature of gun rights. However, this abortion battle is certainly a fuel to this thing, and we are going to cover the similarities between now and the 1850s as the battle brewed for the American Civil War over slavery as it is brewing now over abortion. And I'm going to do that in just a moment. But I want to mention that a few years ago I gave a talk, happened to be at a Jewish temple, very liberal Jewish temple. People were very liberal. They loved big government. They loved abortion. Just kill them as fast as you can make them. I was just astounded at how much they loved abortion at this particular so-called house of worship. What were they worshiping? I don't know. It's a house of Jezebel, as far as I was concerned, given their priorities. And this is a Jezebelian spirit that is really, 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 really ticked off in the United States right now. And more on that later. But I mentioned to this organization that I had, at that time, about 22 or 23 reasons I opposed abortion. But I said, I'm going to only give you two. Number one, knock off this pile of hooey about it's a woman's body. If it's a woman's body, the child would have the same DNA. Child does not have the same DNA as a woman. If it's part of the woman's body, like their, their, like her hair or their fingers or toes, what have you, her spit, her hair, follicle, whatever, it's all the same DNA. The child in the womb is a different DNA. End of story, summary judgment, as we say in the law, in favor of the child. It is not part of the woman's body. End of story. I got no pushback because the people in that organization were at least smart enough to not challenge that point lest they end up looking really stupid. Number two, and I said this is not medical. Now we're shooting backwards in time to the Civil War. Go back to the Dred Scott decision. I forgot whether it was 1854 or 1857. One of those two dates, the Supreme Court said, yes, blacks are humans. They're human beings but they're not persons. And therefore, they are essentially property. The worst Supreme Court decision in the United States at that time, rivaled by a couple since then, one being Roe v. Wade, and then the other one, the one that imposed queer marriage on the good people of the United States. Now let's jump to Roe v. Wade, the one that legalized the execution of the innocent unborn. And there's no constitutional right to abortion. Don't even think for a second that there is. What they did was they took a little bit of the 10th Amendment, a little bit of the 1st Amendment, the 14th Amendment, and voila, they produced this constitutional cocktail which had no origin in the, or, in the, in the writings dealing with the, with the Constitution, having nothing to do with any of the rights in the Constitution. They just put it together, and they've got this little amalgamation of things here and there so that they could do what they wanted to do, and that is get rid of the evidence of one's sin. Because that's what's very different this time, this battle right now over abortion, is everybody uh, that is pro-abort, and they are, don't say the right to choose, it's a right to kill. The right, the right to choose to kill is what it would be. No, they've, they have come out. They've never in the past have said this is a form of birth control. But the Hollywood, well, i got to be a little more careful here. Let's just say the, 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 the witches from West Hollywood. Maybe that's too strong. But they've, the, the gloves are off. They just say you're, cut, you're cutting into our birth control. That's how they say you're controlling our body is because you are eliminating a form of birth control because what, we didn't know we said that 10 years ago, even though we knew that that's what it was. 
They didn't say we want to kill the kids as a method of birth control. No problem, because the left has gone even farther left. The demonically inspired have become the demonically possessed. But I said to this group a few years back, the only judicial precedent for Roe v. Wade is Dred Scott. The case that said blacks are not persons, they're property. They're human, but they're not persons. That's exactly what Roe v. Wade did. Roe v. Wade has only one legal precedent, the worst Supreme Court decision in the history of the United States up to that time. Still is one of the worst. I mean, is it worse than Roe v. Wade? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's sort of like saying which part of hell is worse than the other part. Well, I suppose one. there actually are differences in places in hell, but it's still hell when you're all done. It's, this is still gross and egregious sin. And so I said, if you, you want abortion, then you effectively are supportive of the Dred Scott decision where the Supreme Court said blacks are not persons, they are only humans. Now, what a useless distinction. But when you want to justify something, there's no, there's no limit to how ridiculous, stupid, and immoral you will get to get to your conclusion. And I told him, I said, yeah, and, and, and they groaned, they hissed, some booed, I don't know, some probably flipped me off. I remember one woman had her hands over both ears, shaking her head violently throughout my entire speech. And you know, I picked up speed because I like hostile audiences. I really do. I, I, I rely more on God, and the more I rely on God, the better it comes out. And I just told him, I said, look, you, you apparently in, 18, in the 1850s, you would have supported slavery because it's the same mentality that supported slavery that supports Roe v. Wade and the right to kill an innocent unborn child because the Supreme Court, Supreme Court called it simply human life and not a person. Yes, it's human, it's not a person. So that's what you pro what you pro aborts have in common with the Democrats of the 1850s. You don't value human life. Don't tell me life in the womb is not human life, and don't tell me that it's part of a woman's body. You know, I'm going to add something here, and forgive me if you think I've I'm penetrating an area of sensibility that I should not be going to. But in addition. To the DNA argument, what woman can say that as part of her body, she has something that is exclusive to male genitalia? Know what I'm talking about? Okay, I think I go, I'm okay going that far. I don't need to get more descriptive than that, but what women have male genitalia? It can't be part of the body. Okay, let's get going farther here. Okay, so we've got all of this stuff going on here. As far as I'm concerned, the person of the week here is Alabama Governor Kay Ivey. Interesting that the pro boards in Hollywood keep pointing out that the Alabama Senate, which is 20, I don't know, 20-some, it was 20-some men, there were no women there are no women, I don't think, in the Alabama Senate, period. But maybe there are, I don't know. But they're pointing out the fact that this was all men and they were all white men that passed this bill. And they're trying to make this a racist statement. Now, I'm going to get to why that is phenomenally ridiculous here in a minute. But they seem to overlook as they beat up on the usual white men, but in this case, men generally. Why that's so ridiculous, because number one, the person who signed the bill, the governor, the one who could have vetoed it, is a woman. It's a woman who signed the bill, you morons. Though I'm not you listening to this thing, but you in Hollywood, that's who I'm addressing, the ones who are making these ridiculous arguments. It's a woman who signed it. And the men who passed the bill, 50% of the people being saved by the bill are female. 
I mean, why is the obvious not so obvious? And all I can guess is when you are spiritually darkened and the scales come down over your eyes, boy, they're thick and they're heavy, and even the most commonsensical things are just not common to these people. Here's one reporter asked the governor, says, where's the money coming from to support people who aren't ready to be mothers who are, are who aren't finance or who aren't financially stable to take care of a child? That's their question. This is a CBS reporter. Where's the money coming from to support people who aren't ready to be mothers or aren't financially stable to take care of a child? The governor's response was, you simply cannot defer protecting the lives of unborn children because of costs. The governor flattened that reporter. But let me just take this a little bit further. If you can't handle the ch- have a child because you aren't ready to be a mother or you aren't financially stable to take care of a child then wouldn't the reasons for abortion then also apply to a six-month-old that you can't handle, a one-year-old that you aren't financially stable to take care of a child? If that's the reason for the execution, then the matter of birth is meaningless, is it not? Would you not continue the process of executing the innocent? But now they're not the innocent unborn, they're the innocent born. It just... I, I, I'm, I'm stunned by the heartless and barbarian attitudes of these people. I don't even like to talk about Alexandria Occasional Cortex or AOC, but she said the fundamentalists in Alabama are trying to outlaw sex that falls outside their theology. Those are her words. We're trying to outlaw... Nobody's outlawed sex. No. I mean, n- nobody has done that. Nobody is trying to outlaws nobody this law doesn't even address sex it addresses abortion but she's saying that they're trying to quote outlaw sex that falls outside their theology this has nothing to do with it and then aoc said look their women are going to end up in jail as well that's her statement women will go to jail the law makes it very clear the abortionists go to jail the women who've had the abortion, there is no penalty whatsoever for the woman. None. But she said they're going to go to jail. And then when she was quizzed on it and then she was challenged on it, she claims it's a matter of semantics, and she said, well, look, some of the doctors are women, and they're going to go to jail. Are you serious? This is the stupidity that passes for intelligence? From AOC, no wonder she's called Alexandria Occasional Cortex. We're talking, the, the, the context of her statement absolutely had to do with the women who are undergoing abortions. It had nothing to do with abortionists who coincidentally happened to be women who would go to jail. I, ca- I cannot believe this woman, and I cannot believe the people in New York that actually supported this woman. I can see right now we're not going to get through our gun episode. Don't go away because we are just picking up speed. This is Rob Wolder with Red Sky Radio. We will be right back. Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter is a listener-supported program. Please know that 100% of your contribution goes to pay for airtime so that as many people as possible are able to hear that the Word of God has answers to every meaningful problem and issue in life. No one gets paid a salary at Red Sky Radio with Rob Walter, but in response to your support, we pledge to bring you the most timely and critical information you need to help make informed decisions in this age of media bias and a growing hostility to all things Christian. Your partnership makes you one of the watchmen on the wall with us, as described in the book of Ezekiel. Please send your support to Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. That's Red Sky Radio, P.O. Box 99, Wickenburg, Arizona, 85358. Thank you. I think I'm going to Catman do. That's really 
This is Rob Walter. We are back with Red Sky Radio. If I can, I'm still going to try to fit in our school piece. I uh, on guns. Um, if I can't, I'm just going to have to push it to next week. But I'm going to I'm going to kind of edit some things here that I wanted to go through. But I just I just I, I got to skip them. But the hype that these leftist women get and their arguments are just simply. Beyond belief. I mean, what is one writer said, I think it was Matt Walsh said, what is a woman anymore? They talk about women's rights, but women, uh, left wing women contend that they're fine with trans women and so forth. So what is a woman? One who a woman is one who identifies as a woman. No, you can't say that because you can't use the word you're defining as part of your definition. I think it was Matt that said, look, you can't say a tree is that which is a tree. You can't define a word by using the word being defined in the definition itself. So identifying as a woman doesn't mean anything because we're still trying to find out what the heck is a woman if it's not a female gender. Well, why did I get to all of that? Well, because these women have contended that this is a t- an attack on women. Now they're falling back to their gender. Now they're conveniently falling back to their true gender because, after all, men can't have babies. And this is about having babies, right? So now all of a sudden, the women who are the leftists, who are the supportive of trans this, tranny this, and tranny that, all of a sudden, none of the women they're talking about can possibly be trannies that they, in another discussion, they were calling women but they can't be women now because they can't have children. So those trannies, for the purposes of this discussion, are no longer women until we move on to some other discussion when the trannies are now women. Do you see the convoluted mess the reprobate mind lands itself in? Oh, man. Okay. I don't know. I, you, you might know this gal, Jamila Jamil. She came out, she said, I know, she's an actress for NBC's The Good Place. Well, she's not in The Good Place. And you know, this. I'm going to share something here. At, it's going to shock you. Some of these women naturally are somewhat attractive in the natural. However, this is a matter of the countenance. I look at this Jamila, who, Jamil or whatever, Jamila Jamil, I don't know. It's not the least bit attractive. In fact, she's sort of ugly. And I mean that in a spiritual sense. Because what's in her heart somehow overtakes the makeup and the hair, the lip gloss, the false eyelash, the, the the whole nine yards, gets trumped by something that comes from the heart that overruns the face. And to a person who has some degree of spiritual sensitivity, which I believe I do. I don't like have it like some people do. That they come across as being just incredibly unattractive, and for the right reason, because their heart has tainted and polluted their face. Okay, her comment: Kids are better off killed by abortion than placed in foster care. <sighs> Can you believe that? Yes, I can. Or the guy in Alabama said, hey, you can that the, the Democratic legislator in Alabama who opposes pillow said, hey, you, you might as well kill them now because you're else you just be killing them later. I, I the, the barbarian nature of the left knows no bounds. And it's why a civil war is inevitable. A civil war won't be because we on the right start it. It's because we will have no choice but what we will be the ones that are being attacked. And you can choose to defend. And if defense means civil war, then so be it. So all these actresses post these things, uh, which there's a few guys on there. So Emily Radajkowski, I don't know, another woman who in the natural would probably be considered to be attractive. She appears ugly to me. Because what's in her heart taints and pollutes everything else. So she comes out somehow. She thinks it. So she decides to go nude in an effort to protest the Alabama bill. Now, can can you even connect the dots in this? 
And I liked what one person said here, trying to make sense of this, said, let me understand, posing naked will totally teach these old white men in Alabama a lesson. And that lesson is anti-abortion legislation makes beautiful women's clothes fall off. (laughs) End quote. I actually thought that that was pretty funny. But she went on to say, this Ratajowski, so she said that the 25 white men in the Alabama Senate who voted for it, that this is a racist move as well. Now, Emily, look, get in a, get in a line somewhere, uh, for the brain donor line, join Nancy Pelosi. You need one, girl. Let me understand something. How would it be racist for 25 white guys in Alabama to protect innocent, unborn black children. Now, in Alabama, there is a disproportionate number of abortions by black women vis-a-vis white women. I mean, there are abortions by everybody. But as a percentage of the population, there's a higher abortion rate among blacks than among white women. That being said, how can a bill that would protect unborn black children to a greater degree than it protects unborn white children just by virtue of the numbers and the percentages, Emily, sweetheart, how is that racist? Or are you just working with that 10-word vocabulary we talked about last week, common to all leftists? She said, of those 25 men who voted to ban an abortion in Alabama, oh, this is Chelsea Handler. Of those 25 men who have voted to ban abortion in Alabama, I'd like to know how many of them have ever been pregnant or have gotten pregnant as a result of rape. I'd like to know how many of those men know exactly what it is like to be a woman. Well, I'd like to know, Chelsea Handler, do you have any idea what it, do you know what it's like to be a woman? I've never seen evidence that you know what it's like to be a woman. Lady Gaga, who I'm dropping the A from Gaga. To me, she's now Lady Gag. I'm tired of her. It's an outrage to ban abortion in Alabama, period. And all the more heinous that it excludes those that have been raped or are experiencing incest, non-consensual or not. So there's a higher penalty for doctors who perform these operations than for most rapists? Now, this, end quote, this is a common talking point. They're coming after the fact that the doctors who commit the abortion has a higher penalty than the rapist. Well, yes, I understand that because the doctor has participated in premeditated murder. For money, he's, he has a contract to be paid to make an, ex, an, in, an execution of an innocent person. He's being paid contractually to execute innocent people. Now, look, I'm not letting rapists off the hook, but which one do you think deserves a higher penalty? Clearly, the doctor, loosely so-called. Point number two on that is I have no problem raising the penalty against rapists. If you want to throw those guys into jail for 99 years as well, let them occupy the same cell as the the butchering uh, barbarian doctor, then fine. They can go commiserate together. Two for one, right? One raped them, and the, one, the other one uh, aborted the, one that, the child that was the product of the rape. They get to share the cell together. Go raise the penalty. Maybe that's Alabama's next move, raise the penalty for rapists to 99 years. Just take away that argument. Point number three, and this is an important point, I believe there is a possibility that rape and incest, to maybe some small degree, to whatever extent it happens in Alabama, and it happens everywhere, will actually be discouraged by this law. Yes, you heard me right. That raping and incest will be discouraged by a bill that prohibits abortion. And why? Because Planned Non-Parenthood, the federally funded execution chamber here in the United States, it kills hundreds of thousands of innocent unborn children every year. 
do not turn over to police a 13, 14, 15, 16-year-old who comes into the clinic to get an abortion that was allegedly the result of a rape or incest. They don't come in. I mean, they come in, but they don't, they don't report those like they're supposed to. We all know that it's a flagrant, flagrant violation of the law by planned non-parenthood. So guess what? If the 15-year-old actually has to bring the child to term and then offer up the child for abortion, to abortion, to adoption, guess what? There is now a DNA trail back to the rapist. There is a DNA trail back to the father, the cousin, the brother, whoever's committing the incest. You see, it's the rapists and the incestuites who take these young underage girls and sometimes of age, force them to the abortion clinics because it's so, they're like the arsonist who brings all the products of arson into a house to torch it. But if they do a good job torching it, the burning of the building ends up consuming all the evidence. Same thing here. When you kill the child, there's no evidence, there's no DNA track to identify the rapists. Rapists love Planned Parenthood. Rapists love abortion. Incest, incestuites love Planned Parenthood. They love abortion because it is the taxpayer-funded means by which the evidence of their crime is consumed and destroyed. That's how they get away with it. So you want to reduce rape and incest for the few rapists and incestuites who actually might think this through? Hey, I can't haul this 15-year-old off and slaughter the innocent unborn child. I might, if, that, if I can't do that, and I, can't, and I don't have the money to, to abduct her and take her to California, maybe I better not do it. Pretty important. Think about that. Wow. Anyway, Alyssa Milano, this is a GOP's war on women. I love Kay Ivey, the governor, her statement here. Signing the bill almost immediately. She didn't think about have to think about this. She said this bill affirms Alabamians' deeply held belief that every life is precious and that every life is a sacred gift from God. Do you see what difference it makes to have the right people in office? Here's one Hollywoodish, Hollywoodish, Hollywoodite. Is that it? Killing an inconvenient child has done wonders for my career. How about that? There was a one person, uh, who is it here? Uh, Sarah Tuttle Singer. She's an author. She demanded that pro-lifers tell what they've done for low-income single mothers. She was not prepared for the answer because she got there's a deluge of answers from a from I'll just give you a couple of them and there's hundreds of them. Here's one: I've spent the last 15 years serving breakfast once a month at a homeless shelter and making lunches for the same shelter once a month on a separate weekend. Your bad faith garbage argument, speaking to this woman about what have you done for low-income single mothers, is irrelevant. Here's another one uh, from, the, uh, from the Federalists. I'm the president of the board of directors for our local domestic violence shelter. Oh, and by the way, I don't slice up tiny unborn women. You see... <laughs> What the enemy intends for evil, God will use for good. This person who's trying to shame supposedly people who um, they think will not help single mothers help with an adoption process, will not help with diapers, will not provide support because they have no use for that world. They don't even know that that world even exists. And they're being shocked by the fact that there are incredible resources out there. Well, Michael Brown, Messianic Jew, love Michael's articles. 
he wrote a piece this last week about the Civil War coming to America. And he talks about abortion being the divide, and it may well be because abortion is the 21st century slavery, which we talked about earlier in the program. But I want to add something to Michael's article here, which is a very good article. In fact, you can look it up, just uh, Google the, civil, the coming civil war over abortion. But I want to add something that he did not bring out, and it's an incredible irony that God just showed me just before I picked up the mic here today. In the American Civil War, it was the North against the South. There were many issues in the Civil War, slavery being a predominant or dominant issue. It was not the exclusive issue by any means, but it was a dominant issue. So we have the North, which opposed slavery by and large, although there were a lot of pro-slavery people in the North. There were a lot of people who were fine just letting the South secede. Then you had the people in the southern part of the United States, which by and large supported slavery, although there were a lot of people in the South that opposed slavery. They just weren't by anywhere. They weren't the politically um, um, positioned people, and they weren't the majority. This is what I find amazing with this civil war. The righteous position is coming out of the South. The righteous position on abortion is coming from that part of the country that learned a hard and painful lesson about slavery, and that part of the country which was was the strongest against slavery is now the part of the country that is the strongest in support of the execution of the innocent unborn. The part of the country that's the strongest in considering unborn children mere property, and you can slice up those tiny children any way you want to slice them and dice them. How times have changed. How God has taken the South, which paid a heavy, heavy price, they have, they have gone through years of correcting the injustices. And I've I, mean, I I got to throw something in here. This is a digression. Every time I'm in the South, I have to say, I witness and participate in a more, oh gosh, encouraging and stimulating and honoring exchange between whites and blacks than anywhere else in the country. I have, I have never experienced a leveling of respect for the respective races anywhere as I do in the South. Just that's my experience, folks. That comes from Tennessee, and it comes from Georgia, and it comes from South Carolina. Can't talk about, I don't know about Mississippi or Alabama, but I'm going to make that statement. But I find there to be more civility, more honor, and more respect for everyone, everyone in the South than anywhere else in the country. Maybe the Midwest is a runner-up, but the South is first. And that adds to the irony of the situation that that part of the country, which was cheering the Dred Scott decision because they got to keep their slaves and, and, and consider them property, has progressed to the point that they are now the righteous leaders as far as geography goes, the righteous leaders in restoring or attempting to restore dignity to another segment of human beings which have gotten no respect and have been retreated like property like the slaves were in the South. I find this just simply and completely amazing, this irony. Well, I mentioned this is a Jezebelian spirit that's descended upon this country. And like Jezebel of old, this is our biblical tie-in here at the end of the program, like the Jezebel of old, she was consumed with making sure that a male 
her husband Ahab, and no man, for that matter, would ever exercise any authority over her. This is what the leftists, and particularly leftist Hollywood, is stuck on in this particular matter. Under no circumstance is any man going to tell me what I can do. Well, sorry, but there are men judges. There are men school teachers, just like there are women judges and there are women school teachers. But this is a Jezebelian spirit. This is a Jezebelian declaration of war against the United States. So number one, Jezebel was all about usurping all authority of men, legitimate as it may be. Number two, Jezebel was into idol worship. The left is into sex worship. Jezebel was a part of a sex cult, and this sex cult is a, look is what the left seems to idolize and has put ahead of everything else in the world. And if you witness the hearings about Brett Kavanaugh, that should make it clear. And number three, like Jezebel, the left has no regard for innocent life. Jezebel couldn't have given a rat's rear end about innocent human life. For the want of a small piece of ground, she had an innocent man, the owner of that piece of ground by the name of Naboth, executed. She couldn't care less. These are the Jezebelians that are growing in their vehemence and their acid personalities. You can see it on their face. And we have this unbelievable uptick of physical attacks on peaceful pro-lifers in the United States from that homosexual guy in Pennsylvania legislature who filmed himself attacking an old elderly lady protesting uh, outside of an abortion clinic because this is where we have come. We have witnessed for 50 years, coming up on 50 years, violence against the unborn, unmitigated violence. And what we have now, because Jezebel has been cornered, Jezebel has been angered, Jezebel is feeling the pinch. Jezebel is concerned that there is a Jehu coming to her abode in Jezreel to throw that old bag out the window and let her bounce off the wall, come on down, and like Jehu did, trample her with her horses, and the dogs ate her and licked up her blood. She is gone on hyper mode because she... KKXX Paradise K280GL Chico and K283AR Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. There were heated moments at a House hearing today on the Homeland Security Department and the Trump administration's border policy. With acting Secretary Kevin McAleenan in the witness chair, freshman lawmaker Lauren Underwood, an Illinois Democrat, noted five migrant children have died in government custody. This is intentional. It's intentional. It's a policy choice being made on purpose by this administration. McAleenan protested. That's an appalling accusation, and our men and women fight hard to protect people in our custody every single day. And says his department's been asking Congress for more resources to deal with the immigration crisis. The committee voted to admonish Underwood, who was not allowed to speak the rest of the hearing. Sagar Magani at the White House. Severe weather continues targeting the nation's midsection. Tornadoes, heavy rain, flash flooding. The severe weather's been pummeling those in the southern plains states and the Midwest for days. Several people have died. One woman in Oklahoma drove around a barricade into high water. A woman in Iowa died when a tornado apparently slammed into her farm. 
Even those who've been through this type of weather before are stunned by what they're seeing. I couldn't tell what direction I was going anymore because stuff was just flying around. Everything was turned around. Sherry Dyke is in Dale, Oklahoma. She talked to KOCO-TV. I'm Rita Foley. U.S. officials say the Pentagon will present plans to the White House to send up to 10,000 more American troops to the Middle East to beef up defenses against potential Iranian threats. The officials say no decision has been made and it's not clear if the White House will approve sending all or just some of the requested forces. Officials say the troops will be defensive forces and the discussions include additional Patriot missile batteries and more ships. On Wall Street, they're down by 101 points. The Nasdaq dropped 35, the S&P lower by 8. More on these stories at townhall.com. Want to know my secret to make a 